Hi, this is Andrew Peepoy. You may know me best from Fables, The Simpsons, Archie Comics, and many, many other comics over the years. But my very favorite comic book that I've ever worked on is The Adventures of Simone and Ajax, my own creation about a 20-something fun-loving girl and her best pal, a three-foot-tall cartoony-looking dinosaur. I'm really excited to be launching my very first Kickstarter for them coming on September 14th, and I hope you'll check it out. As we get closer to the date, you'll be able to find more information at peepoy.com. That's P-E-P-O-Y dot com. Thanks a lot. Go away. What is that? That was my phone. I didn't realize I had the ring. No, but what is that ring? What is that ringtone? Whatever androids are loaded with. Oh, that sounded very like X-Files-ish or like (laughs) sci-fi-ish. I know, right? Yeah, I, I never bothered changing it, so it's whatever it comes out of loaded with. Where's Rob? Why don't I see him? Rob. There we go. I, uh, I see Robert. I do. He's sideways and his tongue is sticking out. Hello. Oh, <laughs> hello, senor. Buenos dias. Buenos noches. Buenos noches. You are sideways. What happened? <laughs> So we're going to be talking about the Bobcat Goldthwait movies tonight, right? Bobcat Goldthwait? And the Incredible Soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Honeymoon Suite. I had a Bobcat Goldthwait tape when I was in high school. That guy was crazy. (laughs) I I thought he was hilarious. I saw Police Academy 4 with him in it just recently. Yeah, that's good stuff. He talks like, yes! Hey! (laughs) I thought there was something actually wrong with him that made him speak like that. When I was a kid, like when, you know, for in police academy, I'm like, oh, that's weird. He would yeah. probably tell you too much LSD mixed with beer. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he was a bad guy originally in police academy. And well, then he, right. beca- he became a cop. He mm-hmm. was the, he was the gang leader. I think yes. in, t- in two. Two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool how many police academies they made and how many of them kept at least the core team, like Hightower, right. Maloney, and. I'm not was, sure. What was the know, guy that used yeah. to do his yeah. uh, Michael, what do you call it? He used to do the noises? Right. Michael yeah. Winslow. Winslow. Yeah. Yeah, so, how stuff. are you guys doing? Good. Good. We had a crazy uh, week. Oh, man, I can't remember now. Was it two weeks ago when we had the derecho come tearing through uh, uh, through here? We got it better than like some parts of the state. But uh, yeah, we didn't have power for like four days and no Internet for like a, a week. So, yeah, that looked terrible. I'd never even heard of that thing. I hadn't either. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it did some serious, serious damage in parts of the state. We, we mostly got, we're lucky other than just the power outage. You had so. to just take care of some trees, right? Yeah. The, the, the neighbor's tree was the worst one. So he ended up chopping it up him and some people around the neighborhood. And, uh, yeah. mine, mine was mostly on the side. Like, I know I sent you guys some pictures that front was all stuff. I had to like bow saw up that fell out in the middle of the yard. That's, that sucked because bosos are not the way to go if you have to do any amount of wood. Uh, yeah. Wow. But yeah, well, the big I... big one was the neighbors. 
when you looked at it and you looked at your pictures, did it really, did you feel like it did it justice? Because when I dealt with the out, outcome of Hurricane Michael passing through, yeah. I could take a video 360 of look at this pile of stuff. And it never seemed to really look as bad as it did looking at it with my own two eyes. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think the one, uh, it's impressive that when he chopped it up, how, how big a piles they've still got out in front of his house. Cause they're saying the city's going to take upwards of 10 weeks to pick it all up. Um, so he still has the bulk of that out in the yard and yeah, it's, it actually looks bigger now that he's chopped it up, I think, than, uh, than he started. So yeah, I, I get it. It's, it's a, it's a lot of work and you know, the cleanup seems like it's that first few days seems like it's never going to end. You know? Oh yeah. And the first day I, I, I was just so overwhelmed. Right. I didn't know where to start. It was so I just decided first thing to do because my wife had to stay at the hospital. They made all the staff that could do it stay up there in case they were isolated and they would have people there to help other people. Yeah. So it was just me and the boys and my mom. And then I walk out and the driveway is just completely obstructed with debris. So I was like, well, yep. I guess first thing to do is clear the driveway so my wife can come home. Yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of what the the neighbor did first is, you know, get the street cleared, get the driveways cleared. And then my thing was like anything that was from our trees in neighboring yards, I tried to get first. And then I started doing, you know, stuff that was constructing like uh, just, uh, yeah, you know, block and pass and that sort of thing. So uh, and just like I say, just got out the bow saw and started. If I could pull it with my arms, I did. If I couldn't, I, I chopped it up. So and spent the <laughs> bulk of a day out there doing it i assume since you had never heard of a dare show either that they're not common over there that was a fluke thing yeah it's the first i'd heard of it because one that they said the reason it hit so hard is like you know if if you have a hurricane about to hit florida uh you have like a lot of time days and days of warnings you know right people can be ready and the the trauma it made in a place like cedar rapid they didn't even know some of these people until it hit, you know, they're just oh. you know, like, you're like, all of a sudden you hear sirens and you look out and you don't have a roof anymore. It was kind of one of those things, you know, I think they, uh, it was upwards of 160 miles an hour, 140 miles an hour, something like that. Wow. And, and it just, it just really tore through, uh, that part of the state. And I don't know how much corn got destroyed. So if you see the price of gasoline and, going up because of ethanol and yeah. and uh and like stuff with corn syrup in it going up Cor- that's why corn in the cob yeah, that's, is expensive. nobody's driving anywhere anyhow oh that's fair <laughs> well i think that's why i was wondering that the other day is that why gas prices have gone up is because nobody's using gas kind of like reason comic books prices went up because nobody was buying comics <laughs> you know yeah, it's it's yeah i mean it's like i think since march i filled my tank three times no i've done a little more than that but you you do mostly work from home still? I, I 100% work from home, yeah, yeah. Right, at least at this point. At least through the end of September, and <clears throat> they're seeing about maybe to the end of the year. Gotcha. Wow. Hasn't that hasn't changed nice. my gas intake at all. <laughs> but you're yeah. still going to work. I, I mean, it may have a little bit because I don't drive to Boulder anymore or anything like that, but. Well, it changed mine. It, one of the cars had a dead battery because we hadn't cranked it in a while yeah oh, yeah. had to jump it off and i mean the gas had lasted you know basically two or three months i tried to drive i'd, I'd alternate you know my car my wife's car the, my mom's van 
to go to the post office or something just to get a little bit of use and crank them up. But did you? Uh, do you have a AAA though? I do. Yeah, they they charge your battery pretty fast. Well, my experience with AAA has been rather mixed. They eventually show up, but usually I'm waiting forever. And you know, unless for me, really... for me, it's been outstanding. Every time I, mean, they... I have a lock my keys in the car or or battery's dead or I need a tow, they they're pretty responsive. Mine is usually for towing, or I've, I think I've had a flat tire twice. That but they'll they'll out. charge your battery if and they'll bring you a battery if you have a newer car. If you don't have a newer car, then you have to get a bat your own battery. But yeah, I, I I had the same problem because I I still have my old vehicle and we bought a new one, and uh, I wasn't driving it, but like i I would leave it out there for two weeks and then maybe take it for a spin and my battery just died <laughs> so i had the same problem now i take it to work you know two three times a week i had my last um my, my last car drive you know i was this was back a year ago so you know driving every day to work and everything else no problems ever then all of a sudden i i get out of work go to the parking garage dead battery right <laughs> So I called AAA, like you said, Mike, and, you know, they, they, they got, I mean, they weren't extremely fast, but, you know, they, they got there. And the guy was really cool. He was nice. He, he, uh, he charged the battery back up, but he did, like, that battery test. Yeah, He's that's like, one thing I like because they assess your battery. Like, yeah. this, guy, this guy had to, get, had to, like, unscrew my battery to find out the date. Like, yeah, he and he was he, he even told me, "Hey, you need to replace this. This is past seven years or something like I was, that." I was just gonna say the exact. He's like this battery. He's like this. This battery's like dead, dead. Right. He's like I could. He's like, yeah, you could go to AAA and we'll we'll give you a new battery. He's like, but go. You should go somewhere. You know, he gave me a couple other places. It's like they're a lot cheaper. So I'm yeah. like, okay. He's like, but you. But he's like you. You probably need to go there now because the next time, because as soon as you turn off your car, it's not going to start. Yeah, he just got it That's enough like, to get. You had to go straight there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as long as the the car was on, it was fine, but it was not going to turn yeah. over again. I, yeah. I love when you get those those guys who are so incredulous when you show up with a, a car like that. We yeah. had that with the van, and literally the guy looked at me and Kristen. And he's like. I don't know how this thing's running because <laughs> this thing should have been gone like two years ago. And it was oh. that kind of situation. It was like, you know, eight or nine year old batteries. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I didn't mind. even crank this car. Uh, I, I, I went to, you know, I went to the place that he recommended and I went around. I could obviously I could park it, but it's the battery. I know the battery is going to die. Right. So I just went around to the garage side and the guy, I'm trying to get the guy's attention. He's coming up. He goes, you got to park it over there. I go, I just had to play started. He said, if I turn it off, it's going to die again. He's like, okay, just pull it in. That's <laughs> 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 funny. I got my last batteries at Sam's club. They were an awful lot cheaper there than anywhere else. I used to be a big fan of the diehard at Sears because those right. suckers would last. But I, <laughs> I don't know where a Sears is anymore. Well, not it's, only that, it's the way of Kmart. Off? It's the way of I know. Kmart. Did they sell off Die Hard? Because I know a lot of those, like uh, they're they're good brands. They sold off. I'm not sure. I know that they, while we still had a Kmart, you could go to Sears or Kmart and yep. get them. But now that we don't have either one, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen them. Like in AutoZone, I think I went to AutoZone battery pricing stuff 
last year, and they didn't have them. Like, what was their appliance brand? Sears had appliances. Oh, yeah, um, was it Kenmore or was that Kenmore? Yeah, they 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 sold those off. And they had uh, so somebody else tools, owns it now, right? Craftsman Tools, that was them, or yeah, yeah no, Craftsman right. was them. Okay, Diehard is now they, owned by Advanced Auto, so I was right. They, they 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 sold off those brands because they still, even though the companies it was going under, yeah. you know those those names still had a cachet. So exactly, yeah, yeah. That's a shame about Sears, man. It you is. know, we went to Chicago, and that was like the one place you could always go to Sears. And even in Chicago, they're they're all but dead. Yeah, yeah. that's sad because I mean Sears. And and to a lesser extent, JCPenney, that's how you planned your Christmas to me because there yeah. weren't a lot of toy stores and stuff. So you'd get that catalog and you'd go, okay, I want page 800. I want page 801. <laughs> I want page 804. <laughs> and I'll take these He-Man pajamas on page 450. Well, heck yeah. Still one of the, the weirdest batches of comics that I got random-wise was, was from one of those Penny's catalogs. Uh, somebody ordered me like I don't remember superhero set or whatever for Christmas one year, and it had like stuff. I'm like, I don't know if this should be like in a kids box because it had like Shade the Changing Man and Doom Patrol. Oh jeez, how cool! And Sandman. It had like half I didn't a dozen know stuff. I didn't know they would have those in Sears. I wouldn't have thought they would either, but that was like uh I don't know maybe ninety one, ninety two, and they had them mixed in with everything else. It was a weird mix of books. Mm. Yeah, I never, that's a really I've never cool seen mix. comics there. Uh, yeah. I think they would have the kits in the catalogs. I don't think they ever had them in the in the stores, at least not around here. Yeah, it was just from the wish book. Yeah, Kmart did, and they put their sticker on them too. Heck yeah, they did. They heck they did. They put their modern <laughs> comics out there, and they put their stickers on them, just like Walmart. I got one of those little mini reprints of uh, Cap Two Fifty. Uh, that's got that still has the Kmart sticker on it. Yeah, like a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> that's where i got all my peacemaker and uh peter cannon thunderbolts and yeah but they were all the reprints they were all the modern comics they weren't the original charlton mm-hmm. judo master yes that's what i should read some judo master kirk i got i still have to go through all those videos you sent me Oh, there's no rush. <laughs> I got to get, you know what I got to do? I got to sit down with some popcorn and go through the, you know, hour and a half of videos that you said. Oh, yeah. Well, what videos? My original intent was, I'm going to make this like a comic convention online, and I will send you a video <laughs> of every book and every box. And after, I think, a box and a half, I was like, okay, I'm just going to send a few pictures yeah. of the things he really wanted, because <laughs> I can't keep doing this. No. Yeah, that's no problem. My get up and go got up and went. (laughs) There's probably some screaming children in the background because as soon as I walk out of the room, the children start fighting and losing their minds. How how old are your kids again, Kirk? Ten and fifteen. Ten and fifteen. And Joe, what about you? Uh, Mine are seven, ten, and twelve. You guys have your hands full. I got two two seven year olds, and they get along. 99% 99% of the time. I can't even imagine my kids getting along. The only time they get along <laughs> is if they're asleep. <laughs> if they're awake, they're fighting over who gets the internet, because our internet is so slow that you really can only run one device at a time, so they're mm-hmm. fighting over that. They're fighting over, did you did you make an in-app purchase on the game I was playing? Why are you messing with my stuff? Okay. I, had, I was saving that money for something else, or... 
And I was just like, I'm going to turn everything off. We're going to be cavemen. You're going to be etching drawings on the wall. There will be no games. If they'll you don't be, re- quit they'll be reading your comic books. That's what they'll be doing. <laughs> they would rather go out and smash rocks in their own faces than read my comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Very descriptive. <laughs> I saw... I wanted us to help you the other day when you sent us pictures of of uh, you were doing some sorting and stuff. You you yeah, you, I, you, you I, don't I like enjoy uh, that, but my body can't hold up. I, you know, because when I was young, I could sit down and just crouch down on my knees and go through all the boxes I wanted to, and then just pop up and go about my business. And now, after like half an hour, I'm like, oh god, I got to get a Tylenol. Oh, I got to move. <laughs> I got to stretch. Yep. <laughs> Yep, that's why short boxes are so important. And I still have the long boxes, Mike, and I know I'm going to... Oh, you, you're going to hate yourself unless you See, switch. here's my plan, though. My plan if, if, is... If I, if I, if I could have uh, switched, I would have switched uh, when I was in my 20s. Well, my, my, my short-term plan is just when I'm getting too old to really do it, Zach should be old enough that he can, so I, I won't be screwed until he moves out of the house. <laughs> that's no i like that plan that is that is planning right there because uh-huh. <laughs> i figure you know i can still do it for another five or six years and then in that case he's going to be like 12 years old 12 13 years old he can do it yeah <laughs> I, I mean it sounds like a good plan to me <laughs> i mean i look forward to my oldest moving out of the house and going to college and then i'm my plan would be to turn his room into like a sorting station there you go most of the time, I'm sorting while my wife's at work or out of town, and then when she comes home, I have to gr- gather up all the piles that I've sorted out and throw them back in the room. So I l- usually end up losing my place on what I was doing. I'll go back and go, why is this pile like this? Who is, <laughs> who is this for? Why did I make this pile? <laughs> That's why you got to work on one person and get rid of it immediately. That's what I try to do. That would, get it, get it that done and get better. it out. Yeah. I'm used uh, to being young and multitasking, and now I'm old and can't even remember why I walked in the room. Yep, I think that goes for all of us. Uh, speaking I've been of getting that, a lot of Kickstarters lately. I don't know about you guys, but they've been coming in fast and furious the past two weeks. Oh, I was so mad at myself on the Jim Rugg one. Uh, I really wanted to do that one, and I screwed up. I misunderstood it, and I, I did the uh, I did the uh, the digital, digital. instead of yeah, instead of the print. But you know so what? You can, it was in previews, though. You can order. Yeah, it. I can. Yeah, I can still order it. But I, Which I was, one was bummed. Octobriana. Octobriana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I got that. confused when I was it look, reading. It looks. It looks like, I, like psychedelic, glow in the dark, st- posters from the seventies. Yeah, like it's if, supposed to be like blacklit posters. Right? Yeah, if, like you were, if you were to go into like Spencer's back in the day. And everything was just glow lit, it, you know, like those posters and stuff, lava lamps and all that kind of crap. It, <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of that. It looks like, it looks amazing. Like it's just, uh, it's a, it's a sight to see for sure. And he used paper. <laughs> I don't know what kind of paper he used, but he knew what he was doing, like to make that effect happen. He couldn't just use regular paper. He had to use some kind of thick 
glossy matte. It, it was weird. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a paper like that. Is that so that it can hold the black light? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, it's a he- the paper the pages are heavy. Like I don't know the, I don't know how he did the process or anything, but it it it's pretty amazing. It was it was a I'm glad I kickstarted it for sure. Well, that's how I felt too. I'm like, you know what? I'm just I'm just glad I put some money towards it cuz it seemed like <laughs> such a cool project. So I'm just like, eh, whatever. It's like giving 10 I, money. I, I 10 only accident I only accidentally did that on a Kickstarter once and it was for the the omnibus that um, is from It's Alive. Uh, what is it called? Aztec Ace. Oh, okay. And I was like, good, because he hasn't come up with that anyway. So <laughs> that's shocking. <laughs> was it like old ass the old uh, Eclipse stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was he was. Full... I think he was collecting it, wasn't he? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a complete omnibus of yeah. Aztec Ace. Yeah. How much and was that? The thing is, Mike, you said it a while ago, and you're absolutely right. Is that it's so frustrating because the stuff that he puts out that he wants to kickstart is exi- like the the stuff that I'd be most interested in getting. Yeah, right. I get, so than almost any other Kickstarter. Well, I'm but you so just know that you're not going to get anything. Well, I am so weak that I, as much as I despise the guy. I still support it because I order it now through pre- previews and yeah. it, I get my money back if it doesn't come out. Yeah. But at least I get everything. So when the complete Grimjack pops up, you're ordering it, right? <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think John Astrander will go to him. Oh, that's good. then. Well, like Rob said, Chuck I mean, Dixon his stuff, I mean, it, it would be like a wish list of things I'd like for to be reprinted, like a, a collection of the complete war of Lone, Lonely War of Willie Schultz. And he did that one. And I'm still waiting years later. Well, he has but, uh, like the Glassman stuff like he's that's what he's known for. He's got like a Glassman library. Yeah, he did the air war stories with some of yeah. Sam's old work and. Kona of Monster Island. I did and... get the Kona. <laughs> I could I couldn't help myself. I even get that weird shit that he does like uh breathers and uh hauler which is a weird format. It's like it's like a magazine size uh width. Oh, I know the one you're talking about by Jeremy yeah. Massey, yeah. Yeah. So there there there's some I I still buy it. I just buy it reluctantly. <laughs> well, and and you've been trying when you can to get it in previews, right? Get it through DCBS. Oh, I'm always getting it through DCBS. Right, now. but and in that well, case, not always. You, you, you went in and you took the Kickstarter plunge with us to begin with. And well, then... I I got burnt. The only ones that he owes me is the Captain Willie. Now I think. Oh, and he owes me an Air War story, but I already have it. I already have it through the comic uh, previews, so. But oh yeah. well. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, I remember well, when the know, Airboy it... came out. That's what people were saying. There's like, yeah, uh, nice that you got yours. I still don't have mine that I paid for like a year ago. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I, that I I think I was talking to Kirk even before we started this podcast about this, and I was like, I'm gonna keep 
getting the stuff because I want it, but I'm not going to ever order it through Kickstarter. And right. he, he, I can't imagine the list of people he's burned on Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Like it's, it's got to be in the hundreds for sure. Yeah. Mm. So I, yeah, I just like that. I'm never doing that again. But most of the time, like that burlap was good. I was glad to see you uh, say that. Uh, you saw my comment. I've, well, I've got, I thought I thought there. it. I haven't read it, it, yet. it felt. I don't know where this came from. Like I thought it was something that, because I've noticed a lot of Kickstarters. Sometimes they're. When I go to enter them in the database, they already existed. In other words, they're like reprinting their stuff for a Kickstarter, but they existed somewhere in the 80s, or you know, like when black and white comics were out. But Burlap, I guess the guy's into film and stuff, and I guess this is his first foray into uh, comics, but the thing I like about it is it feels very crowish in atmosphere, but it, like, crosses the horror genre with Western and all kinds of just nutty stuff, and I, I, I like it. It's supernatural, I mean, it just... It was really good. And then I love the size. The size is Golden Age format. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It was a it was a good Kickstarter to get four issues off, off of right off the bat, for sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you guys back that? Um, I, they, they came out with, I think it was Paris 2119 and now Aster of Pan. Have you guys been backing that? I backed. By, uh, I Magnetic backed. Press. I backed one of them, but I haven't gotten it yet. I no, was the waiting. Paris one. Yeah, yeah. they've already. Sh- they, I guess they're shipping them, but uh, I haven't arrived. I haven't. I haven't gotten. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of reluctant to get that because I, I think they're going to come out in the previews. Well, that Paris one is in in this. Like this I, one. I, I didn't do the Scott Snyder one because he even said this is going to come out an image. I'm like, okay, I'm just wait wait for it to come out an image. I want it, but I got it. I, I'm just uh, I'll be interested to see the actual format and stuff that the Kickstarter comes in. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Well, if it becomes a smash hit, the Kickstarter will be much more limited anyway. So yeah, I but mean, you... historically, like price wise. If you look at a lot of first appearances and stuff, they count very seldom are the Kickstarters worth more. Right. I, I mean, it, it is weird because <clears throat> I, I like did Everglade Angels kickstarted that and it came out with Scout. Something else. Scout does that a lot. Um, yeah, Scout picks up a lot of the crowdfunded books. Yeah. So, uh, but but... Price-wise, people go for the non-Kickstarter ones more for some reason. I don't know why that is. I don't know. I think it's probably because it's the the actual wide release. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not defending it. I, I I'm just thinking that that's probably what they're what they're thinking. But I mean, you would think that you'd want to have some sort of limited Kickstarter that is, you know, that was super rare or whatever. That that would be the one to get. Right. The collector in me would want that one, but mm-hmm. I've always been an oddball, I guess. <laughs> I guess most people want the wide release, whereas I'd want, oh, there's a signed limited edition? That's the one I want. Hmm? <laughs> I don't like when they pay for the signatures, though. 
No, if if, a, if the Kickstarter charges you to sign the comic, you <laughs> yeah, usually I'm out. No, I don't. I don't do that either. Yeah, I agree. You're you're already asking me to gamble my money on this, and you're the one packing it and putting it in the envelope. I don't see why you can't take a second and sign it with your sharpie. Right. You know, don't don't make me pay more money. And if you're not going to, then you're not going to. But don't charge me whatever five bucks for right. the, the privilege of that. The one I'm looking forward to is the Alex DeCampi uh, War one that's coming out. That looks, yeah, that one that looks, looks cool. amazing. Is that, that Rebellion? Uh, no, this one is a Kickstarter. It's directly oh, okay. to Kickstarter. Yeah, what is it? It's just called War Tales or something yeah. like that, right? It's it, it, she, they, they've actually, both of them actually interviewed like real soldiers. And these... Oh, this, these one of the one of the writers, stories, it's Alex DeCampi, and the other writer is is a, a what? Yeah, she was a soldier. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they have. Well, I think she's the editor for the most part, and she has assembled. I think every team there's going to be a collection of short stories, and every team has at least one vet on it. Like I, you guys probably know yard sale artist on Twitter. Yeah, he he yeah. wrote one of the stories, and uh, there's another one with another vet who illustrated the story and i believe that's the pattern that every every story will have some involvement from a real vet yeah i i definitely kick-started that one for sure as long as we're talking about kickstarters i just want to mention something because i know that the designers of kickstarter listen to this podcast do they really yeah and um you know how if you have the app for kickstarter and you go to your own profile where it shows what you have back there's two options you can look at what's backed and what's saved i would like it if they could separate what you've received and what you haven't received i know that you individually you can click that i got it but there's no way to actually sort it that way and that would be tremendously helpful if you could actually sort by did i get it yet or did i not get it so you don't have to like scroll through every single one Right, that would be yeah. That's a great idea. So I'm sure they're listening. They'll, they'll be on that. All right, Mike. <laughs> Get on that, Mister and Mrs. Kickstarter. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys want to kick this off? The yeah. DC Everything Else podcast. Where we talk about everything else but DC right this second. That's right. We talk about <laughs> diehard car batteries. We got the everything else out of the way. <laughs> <We> got <laughs> the everything else out. <laughs> so if you're just here for the comics, start listening now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? I got a weird, weird one this week, so I don't know if I should go last or first. So why don't I go last? Because I usually go pretty early. Well, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first because I read one of the books you sent me. Oh, uh, nice. Joe. Yeah, I don't know if you read this, but the, the, this is this was nuts. At least I thought it was. But it's uh, from Charlton, and I we can do Charlton because uh, they were acquired sort of by DC. But uh, this is all new. Secrets of Young Brides, number nine, which happens it's in the, to be... It's in the stack. I hadn't gotten to it yet. Wait, what, what, what is it called? Young Brides? Uh, Secrets of Young Brides, number nine. It's volume two. Uh, it's the last issue of the second volume. And it's okay. got a 30-cent cover price. 
And on the cover, it says, in this issue, find a word puzzle page. No dictionary needed. Just grab a pencil. And this this was owned by uh, Charla Crane or Ch- Charla Krantz. I think it's Crane. All those that Crane family signed all of their books. Oh, Crane! <laughs> yeah, they yeah. did. <laughs> and they passed them on to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a Stretch Armstrong ad at the back. That's pretty awesome. I actually I love those uh, kind of ads. When I go back home for Christmas, we still get Christmas socks. Like Santa comes, you know, yep. and he he leaves a sock for me and Barb. And in one of my socks, I had this miniature Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, th- this one uh, has a couple stories in it. And I always find these romance stories, like, they're just absolutely fascinating. Like, uh, this first one is she's she's dating this guy, and she doesn't know if she really loves him, but he proposes to her, and he's real successful business-wise. And he's like, "I." she goes, I don't know. And then when he gets ready to leave, he has to leave on his business. He's like, are you coming with me? Are you going to leave? Are you going to marry me or not? So she makes the the call and says, yes, I'll marry you. And uh, he's like, okay, but she always has this doubts, but they have this marriage. <clears throat> and they have a, a wedding that's not like a big wedding, but it, it seems like it's in one of their houses or parents' houses or whatever. And his best friend is his, his uh, you know, best man. And they get married, but there's this like weird vibe with the be- the the best man. Like, why is he looking at this girl the way he is, and why is she looking back at him? Like, she just got married, but it looks like he's sort of flirting with her, and she can't keep her eyes off of him, and it, it's just a weird situation. And then. They go on their honeymoon and all that, and then late a couple, uh, I guess it was later, not not much later, the best man comes over, and this is where things get weird. He like, hey, I I been I really like you. I know you're married, but I wanted to meet you first and all this stuff. And he starts, he starts to come on to her. He's like, let me kiss you, Beth, and she's like, Stuart, no, let me go. She's saying. Don't! I'll tell Alan! And he grabs her arm like he's going to rape her or something. Jeez. And I'm like, what is this? What is this comic that Joe's sending me? <laughs> 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 why, why is it for teenage girls? And uh, But he forces kissing, kissing her, and he, she goes, he's like an animal. I'm so ashamed. Uh, he forces a kiss on her, and then uh, Alan walks in. And Alan's like tries to protect her and gets in a big fight, but that guy kicks Alan's ass. But this chick is pretty tough, man. She like socks the dude stew right in the the jaw, and then he gets another punch in the jaw, and then he leaves. And he goes, "She's all yours, dummy. You're both insane." And uh, and then she <laughs> as she's as she's hugging him, she she thinks to herself. For a few seconds, I did not want Sturt to kiss me, but I, I did want Stuart to kiss me. He's the guy that was about to rape her. But Jeez. then they fought, and I found out who I truly loved. And then she kisses her husband. So that was 
that was weird. And then and then it's got these one pagers, which is <laughs> this one's called Candy question mark. And she goes, you know, my no nobody. <laughs> Do they they lure the spouse in the van with candy. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's about a girl, and uh, he keeps calling her Candy, and she's like, that's not my name. And she goes, do you call me Candy because I'm so sweet? And he goes, no, I call you Candy because your brain is mushy, and you're kind of icky, and you're half nuts. (laughs) So I'm like, that's weird. And then there was a one-pager called Sunstroke where these two girls are out bathing and the one girl's telling the other girl about how bad the sun could could be for for them with long exposure, and she's like nonsense, and she it, it she just does a glare. The artist draws a glare from this blonde girl's eyes, like you're a bitch, because she, <laughs> she doesn't want any of her ragging her on the sun. And then the next story is called Another World, and I don't know who did the art on it. I don't even know how to figure out who did the art, but this looks like art from gothic romance uh dc comics forbidden love those kind of things it's pretty freaking amazing art it's called another world and uh this is about a a girl that works on her uncle's ranch and uh, she loves this guy cal and he's just there on a trip and she eventually tells her uncle you know i want to marry this guy and the uncle's like you know he, he he doesn't want her to marry this guy but but they do get married and they have a nice wedding and this guy says you know we got to go back to california and they go back to california on their way to their honeymoon they have a good time on their honeymoon and then they get they get to california and then she gets to meet his friends and she finds out this guy's filthy rich like he's he's loaded he never he never told her how much money they had they're they're like in this this mansion overseeing a lake and this is a real expensive house that costs ninety thousand. Uh, ninety thousand in the year nineteen seventy six is probably a da- nice damn house. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Now you can't buy a house for ninety thousand, but back then I don't then, want to see what a ninety thousand dollar house looks like now. Probably like, <laughs> looks like my one house. wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's got one room. Yeah. And the kitchen's in that room, and so is the bathroom. Right. Um, it's a hole but in the ground. <laughs> they, they get this uh, – she gets into this rich lifestyle, and she notices that things are are getting very weird. There's, there's this cool scene where they're uh, in their bikini stuff by the lake, and, man, she looks like some some girl out of the warlord in her bikini. <laughs> she she looks like Shakira. Is Shakira the one that turns into the cat? Um, yeah, that's what think, she looks like. I think like she's here. the one her hips don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> and she's there, and she notices that her and her husband are separated a lot. And I'm like, holy crap, this is like a swingers thing going on. And sure enough, uh, one of this guy's friend asks her, "You want to go for a walk on the beach?" And they start making out on the beach, and she's she like realizes, "Why am I kissing this dude?" He got me a little drunk, and I'm kissing this stranger. I don't like this too much. Like, this is like swinging shit. And then she goes back, and she looks in the window, and her husband's making out with another girl. Ooh. And I'm like, what the hell's happening? You know, 
because I, I read the letters pages and I'm like, what's the demographic for this book? And most of the girls writing in are 14 year olds. And I don't know <laughs> if I'd want them to be reading this, but uh, she she says, you know, I know this is your way of life and this is how things go, but this I want to go back to the farm, man. I want to go back to the ranch. And he's he says, you're right. You know, I I don't I never wanted part of this swinging business and i like being married to you let's go back to nevada and they end up kissing and getting on a plane and going back to the ranch but uh then you get the crash diet lose five pounds overnight learn the secret of tv's fantastic no pill look at this no pill no exercise one day reducing formula one day what is it that little band that you that that goes around you eat your eat your fill like you could eat whatever you want, go to sleep, you wake up and you have lost five pounds and it's only a dollar. So I sent one, I sent it in. Yeah, <laughs> I would too. Five pounds in one, one night, no pills. Yeah, that's a good, that's and, a good and deal. Eat, and you don't have to exercise. <laughs> and I, you can I'd eat be where I need to be in like a week and you can <laughs> eat anything you want. And I'm like, Oh hell yeah, <laughs> this is, this is happening. My but wife there, will buy me a case of that. There's letters in here, and this, this is they're, they're all in the romance comics. There's always like Dear Abby stuff, you know. People write in saying I have these problems, and there's all these different problems. Like my parents won't let me date. I'm 14, and they're making me miserable. <laughs> and then there's one that says um, she likes her friend, but none of her her in crowd friends likes her likes her friend so she should i dump her best friend for this in crowd or you know that kind of stuff and that that happens in all the movies a matter of fact i was watching cobra cobra kai on netflix i I like that series we watched three episodes that just came to netflix and uh used to be on youtube i guess and uh those actors are just it just how they they've captured that vibe again and you you sort of have that conflict with daniel larusso's daughter now because she's like should i go in with the in crowd who i don't even really like or should i hang out with my friends and and that kind of thing's happening and you know who daniel larusso wants he wants his daughter to to hang out with the nerds and stuff instead of the party goers but um there, there's this other one, dear, dear unhappy. Wait, no, it's, dear Jennifer. I'm 14 years old, and I've been going with Bobby for three years. I love him very much, but there is a problem. He always breaks up with me for a few weeks, and then he asks me back. Of course, I always say yes. He treats me rotten, though, as if he doesn't care about me at all. I never, I'm never snobbish or in bad mood when I see him, but he usually is. But when he breaks up with me, I feel like dying. I've tried liking other boys, but nothing seems to work, not even forgetting him. Right now, I'm miserable. Could you please help me? And, and she, yeah, she just says, you got to dump this guy. Now, you break up with him. Right. But th- there's all this kind of stuff in these romance comics. I, 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 I love them. <laughs> that is uh, Young Brides number nine. Well, I hope right. Bobby got kicked to the curb because that guy sounds like a weasel. Yeah, there's a lot of scums in these uh, in these parts. <laughs> but uh, these romance comics are, man, they're so weird. They are they are a 
treat. And even like, even the crossword is strange by Char Charlotte Crane, <laughs> Crane did. It's not a crossword. It's the circle, the words, right? The find a word. How did she do? It looks like she found everything. <laughs> Way to go, Charlotte. She, she, Way to cro go. she crossed out all of these. Albino was one of the words. Wow. Angora. Isn't Angora what um, the guy from Plan 9 from Out of Space used to like to wear? Uh, Ed Wood. Like yep. the sweaters? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm Albino sure. what was was what was chasing Goldie Hawn and uh, Chevy Chase and Falcon. Yeah. Hey, seems like old times. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> Uh, no, that was it was in foul play. Oh, foul play! I get those two confused. Yeah, that's where they're trying to kill the the, the albino's going to kill albino's the albino's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Those were good, good movies. They were. Yep. Yeah. Mm. That's so, awesome. So I guess that's all I have. All right. Well, I'll, uh, if you guys don't mind, I can go next. All right. I, I wanted to ask you guys though. Did uh, it just came out? So I don't know if anyone's seen it. Did anyone um? see Class Action Park on HBO? No. no. A documentary. It's this um, the, the name of the park, I guess it was in New Jersey and it, it actually, it was called Action Park. So the name of the thing is Class Action Park because this guy that like just ran the park, he just like basically said, oh, let's do this for an idea for, for a ride. Or it was like a lot of it was a water park too. So let's do this for a, a water ride. Let's do that. Let's do, th and and nothing was like safe. There was a corkscrew, um, water tube where you literally like the angle was like oh God, I don't I don't remember like maybe a seventy five degree angle that you start at, and then you so you slide all the way down and it goes around in a loop to loop, <laughs> and and they said that um. They said that they, to because there's, I mean, they needed to test it before they had opened the park, and so they would throw. First, they th were throwing test uh, crash test dummies, and they were they'd come out the other end all all disassembled, all beaten up. So by they made some adjustments, and so then he started paying his employees, park employees, a hundred dollars if they would do it, and um, so the first couple were actually coming out like knocked out. So, so they so they realized that they needed extra padding up on the on the top the top part of the loop. So they did that, and uh, and that worked out a, a a little bit better. But then after those first couple people went, a bunch of people that were testing it after that, they were getting like lacerations on their body, and they couldn't figure out why. So at the top of the loop, like there was an an access hatch. If somebody got stuck, they could get them out that way so open the access hatch and in that padding were all these teeth from people that got their teeth knocked out oh, and it, was, wow. snap. it was cutting it was making cuts in, in the people that went afterwards <laughs> i don't part, think i want to go on that this is <laughs> insane it, it was around for like 20 years it closed in 1996 that's crazy i Man, never I'm gonna have to watch that one we went I to the water park and it wasn't like amazing, but it was it was entertaining to just see. Oh my God, this was a park! But of course, there were you know uh, there were you know uh, serious parts as well because I mean pe more than one person literally lost their lives at the park. Nice, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, 
Yeah, we went to a water park once where it it was almost like a 90 degree drop. It's like you literally were laying there and then you just fell like you were literally standing up like vertically and then you would hit like this slide and it hurt hurt so bad because there wasn't like a lot of water. So like when you hit when you hit the bottom, like and the water was splashing against your back, you would look at your back and it had like cut it. Like it would look like it, you got scratched. Like you had a fight with a cat or something. Were you but, in there? New Jersey at all? <laughs> but my, my dad went off of it too. And it was so f- forceful when he hit the water that it ripped his trunks. <laughs> like it's, it ripped him right down the seam. <laughs> 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 so he had to like, he had to like hold his shorts together to get off because he would have lost, you know, he'd have been naked. Oh my but, god, uh, <laughs> that was crazy. Well, they had one that they were describing that was almost like you said, like almost a ninety degree angle, where like it has to have like that covering over the first like ten feet or whatever, just so you don't like fall out into space before yeah. you actually you know hit the 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 actual um, slide. And but they said it, the. I don't know if it was the amount of water or whatever. You said there wasn't a lot of water in that, but in this one, there was enough water that, I mean, and you were going down so fast that they they said that no matter how hard you clenched, water would shoot straight up people's buttholes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure. I don't want to ride that one either. So if if you're, oh, I'm about to be too gross. I was going to say if you're constipated, head to the park, but I'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Is that people got their their first colonics there, there unknowingly? That's how my dad ripped his shorts. His shorts went so far up his his asshole that it just like ripped. Yeah. ripped. But but every one when you walk off that ride, you have like a huge wedgie. Like it, your shorts are like near your your nipples, <laughs> and then and then that little inner lacing in your swim trunks is, is so far up your ass, you you have to spend five minutes digging it out. <laughs> well, if you guys get a chance to watch this thing at this dock at any time, definitely check it out. It was it was unbelievable, and you know, I mean, like I said, there's serious parts as well, but it. It definitely was. was what is an it IO called park. again? Class Class Action Park. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah. I'd recommend the uh, High Score on Netflix too. Yeah, I'm four that episodes in now. It's really good, isn't it? It it it, it has such amazing. I could talk about that for hours. And plus, you saw the second show. It had my first gaming system, the Fairchild Channel F. Oh my God, you had that? I had that. But I had never I, and I never knew the the creator was african-american like he he created that whole system like before him there were no cartridges yeah this was the first cartridge-based system and it's got like a lot of facts in here i it's got some really good stuff i'm like i'm up to the my my sega uh genesis right now yeah did you watch that one I'm watch. I finished the Sega Genesis, and I'm yeah. off into the fighting games now. Okay, no, I'm 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 this. I haven't watched the one after the Sega. That was my last one too. That was a good but, one too. But I don't even like like role playing games. But that was a yeah. great episode. Mhm. Like uh, yeah. they had that game where 
uh, called the Gay Blade, where Pat Buchanan <laughs> yes. was the enemy yes. at the end of the game. <laughs> it's like, it's insane, and then he lost his code. And he he thanks to Twitter, somebody found him a copy of of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. The the thing I love about that show is, man, some of these people are just so unique. Like they they're just so even the gamers, like the game counselors. Like, they just sit there by the phone, and the Nintendo people are calling, well, how do I get past this in Zelda? And he's like, I don't know, do this. And, <laughs> and he sits there and gets 100 calls a day. I mean, that was insane. There, there's was, just some fascinating people. Like, the, yeah, the that, first... Uh, what what spa- one is that? Netflix? Yeah, the first That's Space Invaders uh, champion was, was a girl. She beat everybody. She whooped well, everybody's ass. She wasn't a girl when she won. Oh, she wasn't? I no. did not know that. Not that it makes a difference. Yeah. But yeah, she always felt like a woman, but she was actually born a boy. Yeah. Okay. Because I couldn't tell when they showed the actual footage. Like, they showed her as a an adult. Yeah. And then they went woman. back, and they showed, they showed, like, a clip when she won. Yeah. And then... She came on the show later. Like, she was on she it did. later. I can't yeah, remember what past, for. Yeah, this past one. The Sega one that I watched. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it it is fascinating. There's some fascinating uh, facts in there. Like, that one guy's been into space, and he invented the first, the first like, role-playing game. Yeah. And uh, it was... Uh, he was really into Dungeons & Dragons, and he... I think when he said he was like 15 or something like that, he made like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Like he got a check for that. And he was just in high school. I'm like, God dang these people. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, That's a, that's a good, that's a really good uh, series. A lot of fun. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, I guess I should cover a comic book. Okay. How about our, Army at Our Army at War number two hundred and two. All right. Published in February in nineteen sixty nine. The cover of this one is. Wait, is can a you real say the, cool the number again? Two hundred and two. Two hundred two. It's featuring Sergeant Rock, of course, and you've got um, <clears throat> uh, bulldozer, and some of the others stand around, and it's the end of Easy Company. Sergeant Rock is dead. And they have his gun um, uh, stuck in the ground with his helmet on top as a memorial. And so all of the, uh, the members of Easy Company uh, are telling this, this story of how Sergeant Rock died. And, uh, what it, and basically at the beginning of the story, that's, that's where he, he, passed, he ended up dying and being killed. Um, they were kind of stuck. They were in North Africa. Um, and they're, they're on the front and, uh, they're, they're kind of stuck behind some large boulders and they're just pretty much surrounded by Nazi soldiers and, um, rock finally, he's like, we can't just, we can't just stay here. Um, he's like, stay back. He's like, I'm going to, I'll take care of it. And he's got a, he's got a live grenade in each hand and he just rushes out from behind the boulder as, uh, you know, all these, these Nazis start shooting, shooting at him. And, uh, he throws one 
and he throws the other, but at the same time, he's just, he's just getting shot left and right. And after the two um, uh, grenades go off and, and the dust settles, the rest of Easy Company come um, out from around uh, the rocks and they start looking around and, and Rock is, is gone. There's, there, there's nothing left of him. They find his gun. They find his um, helmet and, and nothing else. They see all the Nazi soldiers all dead lying around from um, him taking care of them. And so they put up his, his memorial with his gun and helmet, and they said, okay, you know what? we got to move on. So uh, Bulldozer's a corporal, so he's, he's now in charge. And uh, they, uh, after some marching some more, uh, they decide to, to camp uh, for the night, and they start taking watch. And so now at this point, what they're kind of, uh, they're all telling this story, and no matter what's happening, they kind of feel like Rock is, is still with them, kind of like guarding their back and extra set of eyes and all that. And um, as as uh, somebody's keeping watch overnight, they, they see a bunch of shapes out, off in the distance, and it's an advanced um, Nazi troop uh, coming to, to pick them off. But they're like, we don't know if it was Rock or whatever, but he was looking out for us and uh, made us notice notice these guys. So just with, um, just with fists and rifle butts, they take out the, this advanced scouting group because they figure the main group is further ahead. And after that, now, oh, I should, I should also mention that it's, it's like almost like a blizzard. So it was kind of chance that they would have uh, seen them, but, but they, they, they did. So uh, after they take care of these, the, this advanced group of Nazis, they almost think that they see Rock's face in the snowstorm. Uh, again, smiling at them. So they uh, start walking some more, and over uh, they're kind of on a cliff. And looking down, they see the main um, Nazi um, group, and they've uh, set up a camp right on the edge of a of a frozen lake. So all of Easy Company come running down this cliff, guns blazing, and they're shooting the Nazis. They're, they they got them totally, totally by surprise. And so they start retreating a little bit. Well, it turns out that lake was not frozen through. So all of their heavy equipment starts sinking. They manage to, to grab any of the Nazis that, that come back up and they start marching um, back to the, back to their, their own um, base. And again, they feel like during the whole time, rock was was up there looking down on them and and looking out for them so they make it um back to camp they uh they send send their uh their prisoners in and the uh the ceo the ceo of the of the camp says all right guys you did an awesome job he's like take your wounded to the infirmary infirmary they uh go walk into the infirmary and who's there all bandaged but rock he's not dead after all and uh, what happened was his grenades uh, busted some of the boulders um, loose, and actually he was he was buried. And and one of his own patrols ended up finding them and and uh, and got him out of there and took him back. And uh, the last thing he says is like, "Oh, I guess Easy did all right without me." And they said, "You may not believe this, Rock, but you were with us every step of the way." So that was a cool little story with uh, Easy Company. And then the next um, 
the next segment is uh, the centerfold is the uh, inaugural installment of the battle album where it um, shows two different uh, planes. It shows the P-51 Mustang that was used in World War II um, by the British and the Messerschmitt ME-109, which was used um, in many variations, it says, by the Germans throughout all of World War II. Um, and then after that, we do have a second story of uh, a guy in the army named Mickey Williams. And it's talking about that he's, he feels like he lives his life in the cage. This is prior to the And uh, he was an uh, elevator, um, uh, uh, what do you call him, an elevator doorman, whatever, um, you know, hitting the buttons for, for everybody. Is that so a bellman like, or something like but, this? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what you call him. But, but yeah, I mean, he basically is there. And, you know, you know, what floor would you like? You know, step to the rear of the car, all that going up, going down. Um, so he's like, you know, I, all day uh, I'm stuck in a cage. I'm going up and down, up and down. It's like then when I get off from work, I leave to go, go home in a different cage. And uh, he's in a subway. He's riding the, the, the subway cars. And it's like it's time in a subway. It's a, it's a a sardine can and then he gets home and you know it looks like he lives in an urban area where he has a very small apartment with uh, a, a side window that just looks out onto another apartment um so he sees nothing and he's like i'm just living in a box so he's like i figured when uh i joined the army things will be different i could actually get out in the open be a paratrooper be in a ski patrol something he's like how could they do this to me he's the driver of a tank and uh, so all he does this whole time is he's just kind of complaining about the fact that he he joined the army to uh, get out and do stuff, and he's stuck in inside of a another cage. So he's talking to his to his co-pilot there inside the tank, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, that guy is trying to convince Mickey that you know he's going to be he's going to be happy that he's got all that steel around him when when something goes down. And uh, and Mickey doesn't isn't buying it. He's like, "Give me the infantry anytime. You know, you can you can pick you where where you want to take cover. You can go this way. You can go that." He's like, "And look up ahead. There's a roadblock. Um, let's 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 give him uh, a little shower of lead from our machine gun." So they start with that. They use the cannon to kind of um, blow up the blockade, and. Uh, as they start rolling on, the guys run away. And uh, <clears throat> so he says, see what I mean? When you're in the infantry, you can just get up and leave. You're, here, we're, st we're stuck. And uh, his co-pilot says, why aren't you, aren't you forgetting how, how easy it was to make them leave? <laughs> and uh, so a little while later, they start getting um, shot by a, a plane up ahead. And he's like, Again, we're stuck here. There's no way to even get this airplane. If I was in the infantry, I could point my machine gun upwards. Here, they're bolted down. And uh, so as he's talking, he's like, he's like, we need to elevate this cannon. He's like, wait, that's it. So he goes back to their blockade, and he rolls up on the blockade to get his cannon up on an, at an incline, and he shoots and, and destroys the, uh, the, the airplane. So his co-pilot says, well, you know, aren't so what do you think? Aren't you happy? He's like, no. He's he's like, uh, we had to find a way to do that. I wouldn't have needed to if I wasn't stuck in this tank. 
So then the next thing that they see is an anti-tank gun. And so he complains about that too. He's like, there's, there's nothing that we can do. We, we, we're, we're moving so slow. We can't get off, you know, their bullseye. He's like, wait a minute. And so he, uh, he drives into one of the, the sh- big craters from a, from a, a prior shell. And so now there's almost nothing for this anti-tank um, cannon to, uh, to hit. And now he's at the level where he can actually shoot this cannon and he does. And so, uh, so he's like, I'm going to take a look around and, uh, and see if, uh, if anyone else is, is around here, any unfriendly enemies. So he, uh, he starts walking around. He's like, oh, this is the life out in the open. And somebody starts shooting at him. So he, he, he jumps down into a trench <clears throat> and he can hear footsteps coming. And it's a zigzag trench, like a lightning bolt. And uh, he's like, I can hear them. They're coming closer and closer, but I, I can't see them with the zigzag. And uh, by the time they come, they're going to have me boxed in. So he grabs a, a grenade and he tosses it over and boom, he manages to, to take them out. And uh, so he, he walks back. The rest of the troops are there and they're like, Mickey, where are you going? He's ignoring them walking right on top of his tank. And he's like, oh, I was just joking before. I couldn't you couldn't dig me out of this tank. And he boom, clang and closes the lid. So that was a that was a cool story and kind of humorous. Um, the next couple pages is a little um, a little spotlight on uh, yeah, dogs on, on canines. They talk about um, canines at war and that German shepherds were the um, proved to be the most uh, useful. Um, they just talked about uh, FDR's dog. They talk about just natural that they're companions and so forth. And they talk about holiday dogs, as, or I mean, holiday, not holiday, Hollywood dogs like Lassie. And, uh, and that's about it. And then there are a couple cartoons in the back. And uh, if we want to talk about um, some ads, uh, good for this uh, comic book. Um, there was a couple, couple of them, but the first one on the back cover is the Polaris nuclear nuclear sub. It's over seven feet long, big enough for six kids. Or I'm sorry, not six kids, two kids. It's only six ninety eight. Those are cardboard control- boxes, though. Uh, <laughs> That's what that? essentially they are. They're cardboard boxes. It, well, not, a, not it doesn't look like a cardboard box in this. Yeah, but <laughs> when when you put it cool. together. I, have you ever seen one though? Oh, but I'm sure that it is. <laughs> it's, it's controls that work, rockets that fire, real periscope, firing torpedo, electrically lit instrument panel. Uh, I have a feeling you probably would be really disappointed when it actually came. But I, I would <laughs> picture it. it looks amazing. Oh yeah, the the ad makes you think that's the best gift ever. But yeah. but but even the the ads for like the soldiers made it feel like it was the best ever. And then you see the box that it comes in, and it's like it, it's like five inches long, yep. five, five by two by three, a square box, and all the soldiers are flat. But but whoever drew the ad. Drew all these soldiers and tanks everywhere and cannons going everywhere. Oh, you thought you were going to get like, like a locker I'm going to get this oh, for like a dollar ninety nine. This is going to uh-huh. be the best ever. A hundred soldiers. I mean, you, it, <laughs> it looked like you were going to get something that was like four feet long. Yeah. Two feet high. <laughs> <laughs> the other ad that I thought was really cool, being that this comic was published, um, or at least the, the the copyright date on here is February sixty uh, nine is that it has um, a little ad um, from uh, a rebel 
of uh, the model of the moonwalk, which had happened in December 1968. So this was like literally right after the moonwalk. So that's that's kind of that's kind of cool. That kind of yeah. a little bit of history, you know. But yeah, that's about it. But this was this was a fun one. Who I actually did the art that in that one? Story. Do you know? What's that? Do you know who did the art in that one? Oh, uh, well, Kubrick definitely did the um, the uh, rock story, but it no, it doesn't say it doesn't say anywhere. But I can just tell that it's Kubrick doing the um the rock story. But uh, I don't know who did the the one at the end with the guy with the um the tank. Uh, it it doesn't it doesn't well, say. Well, the rock one's the most important, obviously. Yeah, it's def- definitely Kubrick. But yeah, these these were good stories. I liked I actually liked the tank one because it had a little bit of humor to it too. It was it was pretty cool. That's a great cover. I like that. Isn't it? It's yeah. It's, it looks like a just a like an iconic type cover. So who's next? Well, if we're saving Joe for last, I guess I'll go next. I guess it's you. And just like you, I chose a war comic. This one I chose. Oh yeah! Uh, wait, wait. Before you say it, Joe Kubert, Russ Heath, and Pete Costanza. Those are the oh. artists. Thank you, sir. This is 202, right? It is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't hear Costanza without thinking, can't stand you, can't stand you from, <laughs> from Seinfeld. I, I can watch that show over and over again. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, I've watched a lot of that during this pandemic because I'll, most of the regular shows are either gone or in reruns. But but it's and... a good show to watch it, to, in my opinion, to like decompress a little bit because it's a very <laughs> stressful time. And it, Some of I don't my know, favorite, kind of... Two of my favorites are those single like um, location ones, like the parking garage or the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Those guys, those especially the Chinese restaurant, that one kills me. My, I was just my, my about fa- the fish my... in the, the parking lot one the other day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite. Did they look okay. <laughs> my favorite is when George decides to do the complete opposite. And he like oh, goes, no. he goes up to the girl, and he's like, "I live with my parents." And then she's like, "Wow!" And then he gets, he gets the date. And then there's that episode where the, he doesn't have sex, and he becomes super smart. And yes. Elaine, yes. Elaine yes. becomes super dumb. Super dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. All right, you're up. All right, this is GI Combat number one twenty nine, cover dated April May nineteen sixty eight. It's got a gorgeous Russ Heath cover, and it's real representative of the story inside. You know, a lot of times it kind of tricks you where it's not doesn't really have a lot to do with the story, but this one is essentially the splash, splash page on the cover. Can and you tell me t- the number again? What was it? One, six, one, one, two, nine, number one, two, nine. Okay, gotcha. And the story is called Hold That Town for a Dead Man. And we open up with the haunted tank advancing on the town which had been held to the death of the very last man by Fox Company. And the captain of Fox Company is the man on the front cover, and Jeb immediately spots him as they run into town, and he kind of feels a kinship to him. And the captain died with his Tommy gun in his hand. He's got his hand on the trigger. He's on, laying on a pile of rubble, arms sprawled out, kind of pointing the way. And Jeb speaks to the dead man, promising he's going to hold this town for him just as the captain did to his very last breath. And as the tank rolls through town, they come under fire from an enemy tank. They take cover by crashing through a building to escape the fire, only to find another enemy tank on the next street over as they crash through the other side of the building. 
the Honda tank is again fired upon. They play possum, and Jeb is just sprawled out on top of the tank as the enemy advances to confirm their kill. Jeb whispers to the crew to be ready to fire when they get close enough. He gives the order, and they KO the Nazi tank. They circle back around to the first tank, thinking that they'll catch them with their pants down, so to speak. But uh, on their way, the ghost appears to Jeb, and the Jeb asks the ghost, what, what, what does he know about the, the future for them? And the J.E.B. Stewart says to tell him that the, the dead captain will rise again, and Jeb will fight with the death at his side. The haunted tank comes around on the tank, and the tank is waiting on him and, and shoots at him, and Jeb is thrown from the tank. He says he's paralyzed, and he, he must be dumbstruck from the, the fire. And the, the tank continues to fire on the haunted tank. The haunted tank returns fire. The haunted tank eventually KOs the, the Nazi tank, but everybody in the crew inside is knocked unconscious, and Jeb is yelling at him, Get up! Get up! And no response. And Jeb notices a Nazi flamethrower man coming up from behind the KO'd enemy tank. He goes to draw a sidearm, and he can't get his hands to work. So the flamethrower guy starts shooting his fire at him, and Jeb is just kind of dodging and running, can't get his hand to grip, not sure what he's going to do. And all of a sudden, he hears machine gun fire, and the Nazi flamethrower guy falls over dead because the enemy captain... Presumably rigor mortis. Maybe it's the ghost of the tank. We don't know. All we know is that the dead captain has managed to squeeze off a burst of fire, taking out the flamethrower man. Jeb runs over to pick up the flamethrower and forces his hands to work. He has trouble getting it going, but he eventually gets it going and saves his buddies inside the tank. As he starts yelling at the captain that they're holding the town, they're holding the town, some American tanks start coming in for reinforcements and he says don't worry captain those are our guys we've got this and the, the story closes with jeb keeping his promise to a dead captain and holding that town for a dead man it's just a beautiful it's a very simple very short story but just gorgeous russ heath artwork and the cover is very represent if you like that cover you'll like the interior artwork it's got a backup story by jack abel who illustrates the tale Combat Nightmare. We open on a GI realizing he is the only survivor of an enemy attack. He is suddenly awakened by his sergeant and realizes this was just a nightmare. It, it has, it's not real. As his patrol advances, the GI begins to worry. Maybe it wasn't just a nightmare. Maybe it was a premonition. A mortar shell hits and the patrol takes cover. The G.I., who is determined to save his friends and not let this premonition come true, takes off to find the enemy. He finds a spotter and a rifleman radioing back the location of the patrol. He guns them down and manages to radio back, because this G.I. happens to speak German, radios back and gives them a false location, so he saves his patrol from the mortar. He then encounters an enemy plane. And with his rifle, he manages to make a lucky shot and hit the bomb on the bottom of the plane, causing the plane to blow up and crash. The patrol is now saved a second time, and they dig in for the night, only to have a Nazi tank fire on them. The GI is the only one attacking when, he, when, when the tank comes up. His nightmare has come true. 
He is attempting to sneak up on the tank when the machine gunner pins him down. As he attempts to get a grenade off, the MG machine gunner is shot from the top of the tank, and he's able to get his grenade into the hatch of the tank, destroying it. He, he leaps to safety from the explosion, wondering who, who took out the machine gunner, only to find his patrol coming up behind him. They weren't dead. They were only knocked unconscious. And now the GI can sleep that night peacefully and soundly, knowing he saved his patrol. I'm not a big fan of Jack Abel's artwork, but it's still an, a, a cool little story. And you get to see a lot of different Nazi weapons in there because he, he goes through the, the, the rounds of a mortar and a plane and a tank. And he's just a little hero, G.I., trying to keep a premonition from coming true. So I recommend this issue. Go get it, Rob. All right. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Talk to you. Sounded good. Well, the, the Russ Heath is, is, I mean, he's my favorite for a reason. The, the way he draws the machinery, and it's amazing considering they didn't have a lot of reference back then. You know, he might have a picture of a tank, and then he drew it down to the nuts and bolts. <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, is there a circulation uh, ownership thing in that comic? There actually is, and I believe the print run was somewhere around 400,000. And Dang. the sell through was That's the sell through was like two hundred and twelve thousand copies. So wow. I mean, and those were readers, you know. Most of these people they weren't buying them and putting them in bags and boards and oh, saving them then. for later. No. Yeah. But something I found really cool beside about this comic, besides the the circulation, was they had a direct currents page. I don't know if y'all remember those from the sixties. Yeah. yeah. And and it's announcing other things going on, kind of like the Marvel bullpen bull bulletins. Mm-hmm. And they are real excited about the debut of the Secret Six series, which I think the original lasted maybe seven issues, something like that. Stanley and his monster getting their own title. And the one that I liked the best was the return of Enemy Ace. And it's got a little cover image of the Star Spangled War Stories number 138 featuring Joe Kubert's art. And he, there's even a, a full page house ad with Enemy Ace and they're promoting it. Saying, returning in the savage battle skies of 1918, the hammer of hell, enemy ace. And there's a cool letters column featuring Robert Kaniger supposedly responding to the letter writers. And one of the letter writers was asking why a Confederate general is watching over a Yankee tank. And Kaniger explains the origin to him, telling him that the tank was named after the, the general. It's a Stuart tank. And then... The tank commander is Jeb Stuart Smith, which I didn't remember Smith was his last name. I've been thinking for years that Stuart was his last name. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> so that was that was interesting to me. But he said that the ghosts of, of fallen great soldiers would would advise the living fighting men. And that's why the ghost was there and he was watching over his namesake tank and his namesake namesake tank commander mm-hmm. Rob do you know how I knew there was a yeah <laughs> I'm guessing my comic shop mentions it in their d- listing no our database does your database yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, I mean, been pretty impressive though if you just randomly 
Yeah, I I didn't want anybody to I didn't want anybody to randomly uh, think I remembered that off of my the top of my head. Mike (laughs) Mike read this comic when it was new in 1968, and he remembered those those circulation figures. I love those (laughs) circulation figures because it just blows it blows my mind. So anytime I run across them, I I'm real curious to see where they are. And um, I've been listening to Rob Servations, and that is a really good podcast. Did yeah, you it tell is. me to? Did Did you finish it yet? No. Oh I, my I, god! I, I had no idea how deep this thing and the timing of it. I would have never guessed all the stuff that was happening. It is it is incredible breakdown of of uh, Heroes Reborn and what's happening with Image and. I, I can't believe the Jim Lee stuff. That is just mind blowing. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's a good show. It is really good. It 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 is. I I didn't think I would like it as much as I did, but I I've already like rifled through every episode, and as soon as the new one comes, I I listen to it. Yeah, he he really sucks you in, and he's so enthusiastic. It's it's hard not to get excited. But but it is it is just fascinating because of everything the turmoil and stuff that was happening the bankruptcy everything yep. like he flew his own guy Dan Fraga down to to New York to get the last check because he knew they were going bankrupt ahead of time he got on a plane to go get because he knew they wouldn't get paid like right I I, w- I was always wondering because when Heroes Reborn started I was like on board and then. I like felt like the momentum shifted in like seven. I was like, what the hell happened? I never knew. I never knew that why Rob left. And it was because of the bankruptcy. Hmm. So it, it's. Well, who went didn't bankrupt? think he'd get paid or they Marvel. Were... Come on, Mar- Marvel. Marvel. Oh, when Marvel, Marvel what was it? When, yeah, when Marvel uh, went It's that Ron okay. Perlman guy. Yeah. He uh, mm-hmm. lost the company because he started. And, and you never realize why he lost the company, but, it, you know, it had to do with Heroes World because they built, made their own distributor. They bought yep. Fleer. They bought Panini. They bought – he, like, acquired too much all at once and then had so much debt he couldn't come back out of it. Well, and yeah, they were what I understand of him, he, he was he, – he didn't care about the actual business. He just – No. He was just trying to make – like, like he'd done that with other companies, too. Like, he tries to make as much money, and then they go bankrupt, and he, move, he moves on. But the, like soap opera, the soap opera behind it is more interesting than the comics. It is... <laughs> oh, it, sure. It, it, this deserves... I mean, the whole Heroes Reborn saga deserves to be a, a documentary. It, it, it is just absolutely fascinating. All the Jeff Loeb stuff. All, I mean, all the oh, it's insane. I, I do love those death nail issues, though, where it's basically like the only time you're going to see like the Wildstorm characters mixed in with the uh, Marvel. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, and those were on the the end. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we, if 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 the, he continued, I mean, he got a letter. They got. I'm just going to say off, off the. They got a lot of money. Uh, Jim Lee and Rob Leifold made like 300,000 and then they had a, a 30,000 signing bonus. It was like, it was like football right? Just, just to sign and go to New York and sign. They got like a 30,000 signing bonus and they had a plan and Rob was enthusiastic to, to commit it until they went bankrupt and they got, 
hey, we can't pay you this anymore. Here's the new deal. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's it's the whole thing is absolutely fascinating. Wow. And, I remember and, a lot of that happening. I remember it was big news when Marvel bought they bought Toy Biz and they bought that's Skybox. The one I remember that's the, that's Biz, the yeah. other company. That's the other company, and they they acquired so much that they he couldn't he couldn't come out of the hole. Yeah. Well, that was so during that uh, toy bubble too. Like, yeah. if you remember, I, I I feel like it was it was sport cards and non sport cards bubble burst, and then comic bubble burst, and then the toy business bubble burst. And at that point, Marvel was all in in all three of those. Yeah, and the new distributor, right? And the sticker business. <laughs> it right. Was, it well, was in, well, Panini does kind of everything. I think they've done everything from magazines to trading cards yeah. to stickers. Yeah, they they have their their fingers in a lot of pies too. Yeah, it's a. I I'd highly recommend it. Like, even if you don't like Rob, it, it is so there. There's so much meat and potatoes in that that it'll it'll blow your mind like a documentary. That's cool. It's a wild ride. I'm always interested in the history of comic stuff. Comics are the one thing that interests me to the point where I'd like to know a little bit about everything. Tell me how you letter a page. Tell me about the behind-the-scenes dealings. There's nothing else that I care enough to know everything about. Yeah. But but it is so weird, though, how how you're, as a consumer, you're like, you think different things. Like you think, hey, Rob is slow or Rob is not committed, and that's not always the case. It, there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. Like even at Image, like why was his books not coming out? It it was because he was doing ten books and Todd was doing two. Right. And and for each ten books, he was having to donate two thousand dollars per book because it went to overhead. So, I mean, it, it's just it. he was paying him and Jim Lee were paying for a lot of the other guys because, yeah, the other guys had Shadowhawk and maybe another book. Um, and Eric Larson had Freak Force and Savage Dragon, but they were like in the singles and the other had many, many titles. So it, it's just insane. Well, I would I would be interested to hear the other people speak and and their recollections because you know a lot of times when you look back on history, especially if there's a complicated one, the truth is often in the middle of of your two stories. Yeah, but the interesting thing about this is is Rob brought timelines into everything that are they like match, and he has letters from people that he read directly off of the letters, and it, it's got a lot of factual stuff. So it's he, he's he has he read like how much they got paid off of the thing. I mean, it was these were actual letters that he has of things happening. He actually got called. And, and Jeff Loeb can confirm this, that that uh, Jim Lee was trying to take over Marvel during the bankruptcy. And I, I, I never fucking knew that. Like, I never knew that. Yeah. And they were they were really thinking of moving Marvel Comics to California, and it's so weird because that's what's happened to DC. So it's like <laughs> this shit is happening, and the distribution thing it's happening with DC now. So it's like 
we're reliving. Ah, it's just, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. It is, and it is cool to find out. Like, like Rob said, like all the image creators, the only one that would never admit it would say that Silvestri is the most talented of all of them. Like he, he can. He said, all of the image creators admitted, like he would smoke anybody. Well, I was going to say, if you want to hear some other opinions, too, uh, Rug and Pisker's show, they've had uh, Larson and uh, Valentino and Kirkman on recently. So between that and the Rob show, there's a lot of good image history out there yeah. on podcasts right now. And, and Valentino was uh, scripting those books. You know, Heroes Reborn. He was scripting the Avengers. Right. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because he, he started to get – Valentino out because they were trying to leave image and, and Jim Lee left almost the same time that Rob <laughs> did. It, it's almost, he sold Wildstorm like right after this thing. So it, it's just the timelines are absolutely fascinating. And I didn't know like Jim Lee almost went bankrupt trying to make gen 13 cartoon. Like I had no idea. I didn't even know there was a gen 13 cartoon. That's the first I'd heard probably, of it. <laughs> probably never saw the light of day is what it sounded I think, like. I think there's bootlegs of it at the comic conventions. Yeah. I, I think. I may be confusing it with something else. Huh. Yeah, that's good stuff. But we, mm-hmm. we've been, hey, we have one question, don't we? Mm. Yeah. Do you want to go into that before we get into the, the highlight review that we're yeah, waiting Yeah, let's do hear? that. We can do that. So uh, since you posted the question, why don't you uh, read it to us, Kirk? Well, it, it's kind of a visual one. It says, Alan Middleton, Professor Allen, says, how would you answer this gold key question? And gold key had a, a poll, which comics do you like best? Superheroes, cap- cape and mask type, cartoon characters from TV, Western, cowboy, Love stories, war stories, personalities such as you see in the movies and on TV, adventure comics from TV such as spy stories, real animals such as dogs and horses. List them in one, two, three, etc. So, what? Where would you boys rank these things? I know what Kirk's is going to be. <laughs> I think I think Kirk's is romance, right? Yeah, <laughs> war romance. Sorry, I got to be specific. G.I. War Brides. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Our army at love. <laughs> hey, that exists. I know. <laughs> that was a Vertigo title. Yeah, that's yep. right. It's funny. That was insane. Did you read that? Yeah, I've read one issue. Yeah, oh it is pretty weird. God, I think weird. That I, that's all that I have, too. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was a quarter bin pickup for me. So well, I, I was I'll, buying it new because anything with our army was going to get a, a pre-order for at least the first three issues. But uh, it was a little a little weirder than I was ready for. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, mine is V Superheroes, to tell you the truth, because if it wasn't for superheroes, I, I don't know if I'd be getting all the books that I am getting, and I get every genre now, but... When it, if it came down to ten books, they would all be superheroes. 
I'm the same. I'm the same way. As much as I love the genre ones, and I would say horror comics is probably my second. But I'm with you, Mike. I mean, that's that's what drew me into the the medium, and I I don't know where I would be if if it hadn't been. So yeah, that's that's definitely my first one. Well, I would say, and this is one uh, one of those where I, I just really have to think about it because I, I tend to rabbit hole. So right now it might be one thing and uh, six months ago it might be another. But if I just look at like trends, uh, stuff I really like, um, I would probably say Westerns and superheroes number one. And then if I think about like, all the manga I read, I would probably say those tend to be just kind of on the like generic adventure kind of things. Manga is not an option. Gold Key did not list manga. <laughs> manga, manga is not a genre, bro. <laughs> manga True. is just a format. So that's why I'm saying the kind of manga I read. So uh, I thought that was called like hentai. No, <laughs> that, that's the kind of stuff you ship to me, and I go, "What in the world is Kurt sending me?" <laughs> I'm like, I can't have this in my house. Come on, Kirk. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, I would. I, but I, I would. I would say that I tend to. I tend to do the superhero and western, and then probably the adventures, and then maybe like kind of drama ones. You know, I do like stuff like the weirdo kind of, like graphic novel, uh, fantagraphic, uh, like kind of slice of life stuff a lot too, in in manga and in graphic novels. Like that, my friend. Was it my friend Dahmer? I, I read that one really recently. Yeah, it's a movie and Black too. Black Hole. Those are those are you know. There's some really good slice of life kind of stuff out there too. So my friend Dahmer is on Netflix. Yeah, yeah I need to watch it because the book was great. So I never got it, and uh, it, it's a winch, weird thing. Is I ordered it during the first iteration of that, and they canceled my order, and I never reordered it. That's when you can just pick up at a bookstore or two or Amazon. Yeah. I know it, it's like Abrams, so it's pretty much a. Perennial. Isn't it like Dorf or somebody who who does it? Dorf, Dorf, Dorf. That's right. Gorf. It's a game. <laughs> Gorf. <laughs> but but for the purpose of tonight, I should have said real animals because I am going to be covering um, a really weird one. I went Captain to Carrot. A, I know that's a superhero. I, uh, no, I I, to... I, it's a superhero, but it's also a weird animal. Yeah, I think we could cover Captain Carrot. <laughs> I think you can. Mm. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's not Captain Carrot. Uh, we did about a month ago. You I, traitorous I mean, son well, of a... Well, I put, I put my guess in, and, and we we know this has to be DC somehow, or related to a DC. So, yep. Rob, you get a guess. I was oh, wrong. Oh, dear. <sighs> Weird uh, look at Twitter, you have the answer, because I just funny. sent you all a picture of it. Well, I'm oh. not looking. So, funny animal, huh? And I didn't say fun Captain animal, Kara. I said real animal. Real animal? Mm-hmm. Real animal. Dobie Gillis. You guys aren't going to get it. Rock <laughs> the Wonder Dog. There's no way in hell There is a Rex involved in it, as in a T-Rex. I didn't oh. even know this was related to DC. I, I don't have any idea. Go ahead. What, all right, so... Let's just oh, run. you're really pushing it. This is paradox. No, this is uh, CMX. Uh, oh. So this this was their manga. Oh, is this Gone or yep. Gone? Gone. Yep. Never so, heard of this before. 
we had a, a convention in town. I want to say just shy of a month ago. And so I'm one of my things, my pictures. one thing I thought I could do is like, what could I see that DC published? Because the one neat thing is when the convention's in town, uh, you know, there's going to be rare and out of print stuff. And since CMX is uh, basically a a Wildstorm DC imprint that got dumped years ago. Uh, some of these are getting kind of hard to find. But one of the ones I found was uh, this uh, little T-Rex. His name is Gone. And uh, basically, it's it says on the back that it's Team Plus. But this, to me, seems like something that was written for more for like children learning to uh, read graphic storytelling because there are no words in it at all. So uh, the art is like super realistic. Uh, like every animal with the exception of the main character is drawn super realistic and uh, just really well. Um, so Gone, I picked up volume three. It was put out in 2008 by Masashi Tanaka. And basically it's just this little dinosaur and he's like a T-Rex, kind of a big head, big feet, little arms, you know, typical T-Rex. So there's uh, four stories in in the volume, but they're like I say, there's no words, so they they you could read the thing pretty quick. So I'll give you a basic uh, synopsis of the the four stories. The third one is by far my favorite. Uh, second one's pretty good, uh, but the first one is called "Gone Goes Down the Big River." So it's got this big headed dinosaur, and he's butting a little hole in the wall because there's only a trickle of water coming out, and he's thirsty. And he hits it way too hard, and he makes this big rush of water. And so the water pushes him out of a cave, and he lands in the Amazon River. So he's just kind of observing things. And this is where I thought maybe this would be for, like, kids, you know, learning about nature. So he sees how birds catch fish. So he tries catching fish that way. Then he sees an alligator or a crocodile. Well, I think what's in South America? Crocodiles? I don't know. Anyway, catch fish. And so then he tries doing it that way. So he uh, just kind of goes down the river and just observes different things. He sees the snake eat a crocodile. He uh, sees how frogs uh, seek shelter in the rain. And at one point, he does the whole Jonah and the whale thing. He gets eaten by a giant fish. And then the fish is still hungry. And so it sees a, a school of fish. So it goes over there. And he decides it's going to eat all these fish while, oops, they're piranhas. So the piranhas, of course, eat him. And then uh, Gone is basically sitting in the middle of a skeleton of the fish that had eaten him. And, uh, you know, they can't eat this little tough dinosaur. So that's kind of the story is he just has this little adventure on the river. So in the next one, it's Gone Glares. And... uh, there's this wolf and she's bringing her cubs uh, fish and they eat it. And they're like, well, we want more fit, uh, food, mom. So the mom goes to find uh, more food for the, the cubs and she sees a koala in a tree. So she chases the koala and she looks up and Gone's sitting in the tree with a bunch of koalas. Well, Gone like kind of like leg drops her or something and uh, has the wolf run off. And then uh, she's like, well, I still got to feed the babies. So then she runs into a kangaroo. She's like, well, I'll take a kangaroo to feed the babies. Well, Gone's sitting in the pouch, and then the kangaroo beats up uh, the the wolf again. So then she sees some echidnas. I think that's what they're called, the little things that look like hedgehogs that turn into Uh a ball-like. Yeah. And uh, Gone's in the middle of a pack of those, and they kind of pull a sonic and, like, run her over uh, again. (laughs) They do what now? (laughs) 
<laughs> so basically, it's just Gone beating up this poor wolf who's just trying to feed her kids. Uh, then there's there's some eggs, and of course, Gone's with some ostriches, and they run her down. There's a platypus, and then Gone's hanging with crocs, and they try to eat her. So finally, Gone does the good thing, and uh, he offers a big fish to the mom and the cubs. But the wolf being too prideful won't eat. And so it's, I don't know, maybe some kind of weird Japanese ending that I don't get. It's the wolf walking off with her baby still hungry. So anyway, strange stuff. So the next one is Gone Goes Mushroom Hunting. And this one was uh, probably my favorite. It's just absolutely bizarre. When I was telling Kristen which book I was going to cover tonight, she's like, I don't know if they're going to like this. I'm like, well, I'm out of time. I got to cover what I got. (laughs) So... So, the, so I, I don't have no words whatsoever. <laughs> I can get that done. So, um, so gone in a ton of animals. I mean, like every kind of animal you can think of is uh, sitting around and they decide they're hungry. So they go eat mushrooms. So they find some mushrooms and they eat all these mushrooms and some of the littlest animals kill over dropped in. So then there's a tree with some mushrooms. He knocks that over, eats the mushrooms off the tree, and a buck, a bear, and some more animals kill over. Well, they're still hungry, so they find some more mushrooms. And so a squirrel, a bear, and go and eat those. And obviously they're, like, stoned because they start, like, yucking up. Yeah, they're they're hallucinating. Yeah, and they're, like, whacking each other, and they're crying, and, like, snot's coming out of their nose. It's like Martin from Nerdy Legion. (laughs) (laughs) The bear kills over. So then there's just a huge field of shrooms. And after that, almost all of them kill over. But this time they snap out of it. So the mushrooms must not have been quite as poisonous. So then one more field of shrooms and everybody's like super violent. And it's like this page, this huge spread of like these animals just beating the crap out of each other. Like bears doing karate kicks into like deer's heads and stuff. It's just animal mayhem. And um, Gone and this raccoon sneak off. And it's like they see the biggest mushroom ever. And Gon does this kind of two-finger jutsu where he, like, uses little bitty baby tyrannosaur claws to, like, click it in the middle. And it splits in half. And um, the raccoon, of course, goes to town with Gon eating it. He, the raccoon croaks. And uh, Gon ends up just bloated and happy. And so I sent that uh, picture to you guys just now of the dying raccoon and Gon just like laying there like happily uh, bloated from eating this gigantic mushroom. (laughs) And then the final one, it's just super simple. Uh, It's called Gon Fights with Wolf Brothers. So uh, once again, kind of like in the, the two stories ago, Gon is basically acting like a wolf cub. And so they're nursing on the mama wolf. This huge tiger comes up and uh, she has to protect the babies and it gets really violent and the tiger like splits the mama wolf in half and then the cubs try to fight and one of the cubs gets smushed. But then, of course, the tiger tries to do something to Gone and I mean, he's a tyrannosaur. So long story short, the tiger can't beat Gone. They push the tiger off a cliff and uh, the cubs grow up and to be giant wolves. And now they're the predators that everybody's afraid of. So it's a weird little book, but I have to say the artwork in it's fantastic. Uh, It's just one of those things that I I don't know who the audience would be for it in America outside of, you know, the fact that it's a manga. But uh, 
it's cool. I really like it, and I, I, I would be tempted if I can run across it again, since it, you know, it is a dead publisher, uh, to pick up more of them. It's it's neat stuff. I've got it gone, but I don't have the one you sent me a picture of. I don't know which one I have, but I bought gotcha. a gone and something called High Moon. I think it was from another DC side publisher. I want to say it was Zuma. Okay. It was uh, something they were trying. I believe it was collecting some web comics, and it came out around the time of Gone. Yeah, this well, was uh, well, it's weird because because um, Gone was Paradox, which was DC too. Oh, okay. In 1996. So, so it oh, went okay. Paradox, then it went CMX in 2007. I and wonder. Then, if that and was then Kashanda in 2011. Isn't that the one you said you have? I have the CM. I have Kod- the CMX Kodansha. one. Kadansha. No, I thought a uh, Kirk had it. Kodansha. I don't know which one. I know I've got a little manga-sized gong that I bought years ago and never have gotten around to reading. But I. So I'm just I going bought... through the gons in the database, and I went gone, 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 and then the next one is Gonad the Barbarian. From <laughs> that's Madman. <laughs> Madman. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Go now. Yeah, I, I bought that when when it was new. Free game on the back cover. It says one of four, but there's only one issue. <laughs> that might have been when Eternity went under or became. I think they got swallowed up. Eternity, Adventure, Air Cell, they all kind of merged under the Malibu umbrella. Okay, let, let let's see. Let's just go through the next one and see if Kirk has it. Go naked from Last Gasp, 1993. <laughs> Do you have that? <laughs> There's a good chance. <laughs> it's from, uh, it says Underground, 1993. Is, is it Grass Green by chance? That well, did it's that it's got Matt Groening in it. Wait, nice. yeah. Wow. That's Man, interesting. I wish I did have the Paradox one, dude. One of those volumes goes for like $900. That's, there you those go. Are, so, yeah, those that's would be the ones need, to have. That's where you need to be. Yeah, oh, no there's, a, there's a Gone Color Special in 1998. That's the one I'm looking at on Amazon for $930, yeah. Must be out of print, and somebody's just hoping. Somebody's rich and desperate. Yep. Goners from Image Comics? I never heard of that. What was the one I ran across? Gone South. Atomic Basement 2004. Do you have this one? That's the one I was going to ask you about, Mike. That literally, I just added that to my want list. It's like Southern Gothic Vampires. I'm yeah, like, I that's what I'm saying. One. Victoria, Class 2 Vampire. Oh, I'm going to get crazy. this one. Sexy Elf. When did it come out? 2004. Mine has 2004 next to it. but Okay. Oh, no. 2003, 2004, and 2005. So it yeah, came it took out. three years. Years yeah. to do. But the third one comes out, comes with a CD soundtrack. Nice. Oh, yeah, it says this comic rocks so hard we had to include a soundtrack. There you go. (laughs) I bet it it rocks hard. Gone to America from Vertigo. I never heard of that either. That has Colin Doran art. Now you got me looking at my want list, and it's funny. The first one on here is Crawl Space Zombies, but with XXX. Is that a good one? That's good. Yeah, that's good. Isn't that uh, Rick Remender? Yeah, it is, that is yeah. Rick Remender. That's I think they did one. book club with it recently, and I, I was like, ooh, I need to pick that one up because I don't yeah, have it. That's good. I like Rick Remender, especially his early image stuff, man. Yeah, He's that looks cool. Some sea of Red and Strange Girl. Oh, that's so good. 
Yeah, I, I, I was between this and tour this morning, and the tour when I was flipping through it, and it was it was it, it just wasn't moving me today. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm on. How dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> it, it just wasn't moving me today, and uh, I, I I thought this would be a, a fun one, especially when I saw how much uh, Gone loved to eat. I thought Kirk would like that. There, there is a gone. I can, on I can identify with a good appetite. <laughs> gone on safari, yeah. two thousand. There's a gone underground, nineteen ninety nine. Gonzo, a graphic bi- bibliography of Hunter S. Thompson. Hmm. There you go. Good and no. evil. I could just keep going through this all night. That now you know why I go down rabbit holes so much. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did the start, same thing. I just, just looked start, for that cover for you when I found that that one. Me, like, me and Bill and Gig Brunch just start going to. What are we gonna do? Letter Y, and then we just start <laughs> looking at the letter Y, and we're like, Oh man, we need to get this. <laughs> <laughs> we were going through the numbers last time, like everything, every comic with the number thirteen or seven. <laughs> I remember that seven, episode. Yeah. I bought a bunch of them too. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. To, I'm glad I was able to join you guys uh, this yeah. time. I didn't make well, it. Well, we last. can't do Sundays because you and HBO is what I was told. Uh, yeah, yeah Perry, Perry Mason night. <laughs> My Perry Mason date night. <laughs> <laughs> That's HBO night. Game of That's, Thrones. That's, it doesn't air anymore. <laughs> like he's like watching. He's like watching it on demand on Sundays. It's like it's not over. <laughs> not over until i say it's over <laughs> so so rob did you did you see how those guys from mit like hacked the missile command game and they yeah. became they became rich off of it yeah they were doing and then atari uh, sued them and then hired them i'm like god that's awesome <laughs> yeah that was that was because they were um they were selling like uh mods or whatever to the to the arcade. So yeah, they were selling boards like to modify the games because so be what, what, they, what they what they found out is that they were as arcades over time started losing money because you'd have one kid on the game instead of being ten minutes they'd be on the game for three hours so they're losing money because that was just one quarter so they they started modifying the games and they're the ones that like did the mod to Miss Pac-Man that's how Miss Pac-Man came about yeah that, right. that I thought was fascinating yeah it's absolutely fascinating so these guys never got their degrees they basically started doing this as a business putting yeah, games in they were their just dorm rooms our, they they, they uh, installed uh, games right yeah. in different campuses and stuff and they just started making all kinds of money in this just uh, didn't need to get their degrees. Yep. <laughs> these, these people are absolutely fascinating. They're so fascinating. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's Good. a life. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to uh, what have we been doing? DC, everything else. That's right. <laughs> what have we been doing? <laughs> that's what the that's this what the, the listener wants to know. This is your Netflix <laughs> review show. <laughs> <laughs> This really is the everything else show. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Iowa's Joe is on Twitter. I always want to say Joe Coffert, 
and I I even typed that the other day. I like at Joe because I was gonna tell you I was listening to Rob Servations. Right, I'm right. Like I can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, hey, before we get completely gone, you guys, if you love video games, I read this book a few years ago, Ultimate History of Video Games from Pong to Pokemon. It is absolutely fabulous. I'll send you a link to it. You should pick it up because it, it sounds like it would tie in really, really well with the show you guys are watching and which I have just added to my queue. Yeah, yeah you're going to enjoy the heck out of this. It's just well put together. Yeah, this book is fabulous. So if, if one of you reads it, you should check it out. It's good stuff. Well, I find like if a streaming, I found my Columbia House VHS Collector's Edition of the Wonder Woman pilot movie, so I'll be watching that. <laughs> so y'all just enjoy your streaming and your technology and your high-speed internet. <laughs> Which Wonder Woman? Is that you the can, Catholic? You can read the Pong book, dude. <laughs> is, that, is that the one with Poliski as Wonder Woman? No, it's Linda Carter. Oh, oh I thought... I, I, I thought well, the, mov- the movie was uh, Kathy Lee Crosby, Kathy Lee right? Crosby, right? Yeah, it was before... Yeah. That, I thought well, that I think was she the did pilot. a TV movie, but this is the pilot movie with like ninety oh, minute gotcha, episode gotcha. of of Linda Carter trouncing Nazis and whatnot. That's a good one too. Yeah, well. and you can't stream stream anything because you're competing with the other two kids. Yeah, they scream enough. I don't need to take up any other Wi Fi signal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Mike Myers Brunch at Rob Krieger. Sounds like Seeger. And that big army five. Big five army. Big, dang it! I do that one too, Mike, all the time. I'm, I'll start <laughs> typing and I get it wrong. Yep. It's based on DC's war books. The main core titles are referred to as the big five. You've got All American Men of War, GI Combat, Our Army at War, Our Fighting Forces, and Star Spangled War Stories. So I'm the big five. And my favorite is the Our Army at War. So I'm the big five army. There you go. Now, now we'll remember that, but I'll still say it wrong next time. <laughs> or you can just, me, just search for LFS on Twitter. Little Fat Spencer, <laughs> that's me. LFS. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> well, thank you guys for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Thank I always you. enjoy I talking really comics with you boys. Absolutely. Have a great rest of the weekend. Yeah. Joe, congratulations on the new job. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Super excited. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, congratulations. I'm excited, too. Order me some books. I'll have to get in that department first, but I'll see what I can do. (laughs) Covert operations. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for sending me that uh, Sears catalog uh, Fairchild uh, ad. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I saw that, that was I, I my, wanted to look it up. I was like, what is this thing? I've well, never seen it before. The other thing I, I saw is this was Fairchild, and then in the video game, uh, the show, they mentioned it as Channel F. So I, I Googled it while it, while it was happening, and it, it the, the, channel, the Fairchild was before the Channel F because they changed the name to Channel F after, after the initial release. So I, I had the initial release then. It's gotcha. pretty cool. Yeah. All right, guys, have a good one. Enjoy Thanks, your, you your Wonder Woman uh, VHS. <laughs> right. Adios, senores. We just super glued the Honeymoon Suite. Uh, Barb <laughs> just fixed the Honeymoon Suite uh, cassette for me, so I'll be thinking about you, Kirk. Well, if I could grow wings, I would do anything. The two of us. 
are one of a kind. <laughs> uh, night, guys. All right, later. Night. Bye. Bye.